starting and growing a business is really, really hard. That's my experience anyway. Being an entrepreneur takes a lot of resilience, optimism and determination to overcome some of the biggest challenges, all while keeping a healthy balance in life. This is Pivot and Grit and I'm your host, Vaughan Broderick. I've learned how to start and grow a successful business, which is known as failing a lot, kickstart new careers and achieve academically all while in midlife. I'm also a design thinking coach, MBA graduate, entrepreneur, business mentor, speaker and proud dad of two. And I want to share everything I've learned with you on my podcast. Listen in as I share all the mistakes I've made and what I've learned so that you can get on the right path faster. We'll cut through the noise and get to the point on topics like entrepreneurship, MBA content, design thinking, innovation, strategy, and the all-important mindsets that matter. I want you to walk away with everything you need to be successful. Pivot and Grit is for entrepreneurs, startup owners, busy professionals, and anyone who's trying to up their game. I'll be giving you actionable advice in under 15 minutes once a week. Think of this as your entrepreneurship MBA in your pocket. If you give, if you give me your time, I promise I won't take it for granted. And remember, it's never too late to pivot and grit. So let's get to work. Welcome back, everyone. In today's show, we get back to innovation by design. After validating desirability, we now work on feasibility, starting with the creating phase. Before we lean into that, just a reminder about last week's episode on brains, bravery and belief, which was the model from Dr. Christian Walsh used to help entrepreneurs uh, learn from failure, which is something that we need to do in order to adapt during feasibility. Check that show out for more context into failure rather than simply failing fast. Let's get back to creating. I think what's helpful is to understand that creativity is introducing something new into the world, your organization or yourself that is novel and useful. Which means that there are various levels of innovation and innovation doesn't have to be the next Airbnb. When I started thinking and learning about innovation, I thought that it was beyond my skill set. The reality is that anyone can learn to be creative. So let's unpack 10 common myths surrounding innovation. First up is the Eureka myth. There is usually not a single moment of inspiration. In reality, there is often a huge amount of preparation work and also testing and validation. The breed myth. Certain creative types are are more innovative than others. The reality is, is that There isn't really one personality type that is more creative. It's really about being open to experience. The originality myth, in that new ideas are totally new and unlike anything else that we've ever seen before. In fact, most innovations are new combination or new ways of using existing things. The expert myth, in that it's best to leave innovation to the experts. Well, studies have shown that creativity peaks and then declines over time. So what that is saying is that the more you learn and become an expert, potentially the less you're open to new ways of thinking and innovation. The incentive myth in that if we just throw more money at the problem, that innovation will just occur. What tends to happen is that 
you need intrinsic motivation to be more effective in the innovation space. The lone creator myth. So we can all come up with a picture of an innovator and one that springs to mind for me is, is Edison. Well, in fact, he actually had a large team and it's been proven that diversity, diversity of thought and perspectives have proven to be far more effective. The brainstorming myth and that if we just throw ideas up on the wall, then that's going to help us become more innovative. In fact, brainstorming has really done well. But if you are looking to do some brainstorming, one good way of approaching this is firstly generate as many ideas as possible, defer all judgment on any of the ideas, make sure that we're generating really out there wild ideas and also building on the ideas of others. The cohesive myth. So when we think of that, we think of really highly functional uh, workplaces that are collaborative, such as Google. Well, what we actually need in innovation is some level of conflict and challenge. It's just important that challenging isn't personal, uh, it's more about the ideas. And the constraints myth. If only we had unlimited resources, we could become more innovative. The reality is, is that creativity loves constraints. For example, the Wright brothers were not the only ones trying to learn to fly. There were larger and more well-resourced teams at the time as well. And the mousetrap myth. The notion that if you just simply build a better mousetrap, the whole world will want it. The reality is, is that you need to be able to present your ideas and talk to many, many people and engage with many people in order to, for them to buy into your idea. Now I'd like to introduce you to the concept of dual process theory, or as I like to think about it, the tortoise and the hare. And the idea here is, is that we're all too busy in our lives, rushing around getting busy work done. Do you know that scenario? I certainly do. And what this theory points to is that we need to take time out to let our mind wander and explore an idea. Did you ever hear the expression, sleep on it? Well, it certainly helps my innovation and design effort to come back with fresh eyes and not always jumping to try and solve a problem. So now that we've debunked the myths and learned a new way of approaching creativity, let's talk about some useful tools and techniques for actually creating ideas and options. One way is to challenge our assumptions. So you could firstly list out all your assumptions and then use the five whys technique to dig deeper. And that is simply asking why five times. Another is to work in reverse. Imagine you're a competitor and wanting to destroy your business. What would you do? Reframing is useful too. So if you think about a situation, for example, where people are, are getting really frustrated because the lifts seem to be taking so long to get from the bottom floor to the top floor, we might automatically want to replace the motors and make the lifts faster. When in actual fact, the issue is around the waiting time. And so if we provide other techniques, such as perhaps posters on the wall or a mirror or nice music to occupy people's minds, they become less frustrated about that. So reframing the problem is actually really useful. Employing how might we questions. So when we combine these with point of view statements, such as we discussed in the understanding episode, 
how MightWeeds can be used as a springboard for generating ideas. As an example, if you're trying to redesign the call center experience and waiting is the main frustration, you could apply how might we to explore the opposite. So how might we make the wait time the most fun part of the experience? One of my favorites is nominal group technique, which is where each person in the team individually creates their own ideas, then reports back to the group who then collectively rank the ideas. You could also use question storming. So perhaps starting with descriptive questions such as what is or what caused and then move on to potential uh, future questions such as why or why not, what is or what would have to be true. Perhaps slice and dice, so break up the challenge into smaller bites. Just remember to check it all works as a system when it's reassembled. Another one is crazy eights. Well, this idea is, is purely about stretching and building on each idea. So if you sketch out your idea and then build on that within a time constraint of about eight minutes. Lastly, remember to leave space for ideas that can be built on over time, which is great for introverts like me. So you could use activities like a stack of post-it notes. So simply give people a stack of post-it notes to get to the bottom on and log all their ideas over a period of time or the slow build where you could put a, a designated area within an office uh, with a theme or a problem topic and then over a period of a week allow people to add their contributions so that's all for this week if you like this episode please share it with one other person that needs to hear the message and leave a five-star review don't forget to head on over to the website and grab the list of 101 plus innovation resources as a free download from my website. A link is in the description. Until next time, thank you for listening in and I hope you get your creativity going. Here's to your success.